I get people all the time that ask me, I've been eating gluten-free for a year or two years and I'm not understanding why I'm still feeling sick. And if you're feeling this way, it's completely valid because I went through the same exact thing. In fact, I ate gluten-free for five years and I was still feeling so sick. So let's kind of break down I'm going to break down my experience. Um, Everybody is different, so this may or may not relate to you, but I just wanted to tell you my thoughts and opinions on why this may be occurring. Obviously, I am not a medical expert, so be sure to discuss with your doctor why this may or may not be happening, but maybe some of my experience can give you insight on what could be happening in your own body. So after I got diagnosed with celiac disease, I was literally so happy. I was like, huh? I finally have an answer, like my life is going to be better tomorrow. I ate gluten-free for one day, and the next day I was like, oh, I don't feel any different. Like, what? Like, is this, does this even matter that I'm not eating gluten anymore? Like, I'm still barfing? Like, I'm just feeling the same. And then I was like, okay, it's been one day, Lauren. Like, let's give it a break. Let's give it a couple months. Three months went by, and I was like, okay, wait, my symptoms are getting worse. I almost felt better when I was eating gluten. Like, (laughs) I'm really confused, but my doctor told me that I should just wait. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll wait again. Six months comes around, still getting more sick, still not feeling better. A year comes around, and the same thing kept occurring. Um, And I think what my doctor forgot to tell me and what many doctors forget to tell their patients is that healing your body from eating gluten for years and years and years does not happen overnight and it is maybe not the great news that you wanted to hear but it's the reality that you need to hear after you get diagnosed with celiac disease you start to eat gluten free and you have so much learning to do you have learning to do in terms of label reading and knowing what products that say they're gluten free are actually gluten free Um, and maybe in the beginning you need to be a little bit more strict and you need to eat only certified gluten-free products because your body's really inflamed and you're really having reactions to everything. But you don't know that yet because you just started eating gluten-free. Maybe you don't know anything about cross-contamination because your doctor didn't give you any information on that, you never went to a dietitian, um, and then you realize you're still getting sick and you you realize you're getting cross-contaminated for months before your true 100% gluten-free diet begins. Again, All of this is going to delay your healing abilities, and it happens to all of us. I was just telling my friend last night who has celiac disease that it took me so many learning experiences to learn all the forms of cross-contamination. Like, I used to get sick at restaurants when I first got diagnosed all the time, and I never really, like, understood why, and it was because I was uneducated on cross-contamination that was happening behind the walls that I couldn't see. So my 100% gluten-free diet probably didn't start until at least six months in or a year in when I fully was like, okay, I know this like the back of my hand. And even to this day, I am still learning forms of cross-contamination. Like, did you know that at burger restaurants they use butter wheels? I had never heard of this before I went to Hawaii and I lived there. I went to this restaurant and I found it on an app and it said it was really good for celiac disease and cross-contamination. I'd eaten there multiple times. I was just nervous in general because I could see in the kitchen they weren't wearing gloves. And the guy was like, I promise you won't get sick, like blah, blah, blah. And I was just still freaking out anyways. So I ended up eating there, didn't get sick. It was so yummy. I was like, I want to go back. So I went back and 
The second time, he was like, by the way, we use a butter wheel, and we butter all our buns, gluten-free and not gluten-free, with the same butter wheel. And I was like, oh, crap, you probably used that the first time, and I didn't even know. Um, and nobody told me. And he was like, yeah, so how it works is it's a wheel that just spins, and it has butter on it, and then we just, like, drop the bread right on it, and then we throw it right on the grill. And I was like, yeah, I can definitely not have that. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know that even existed. And that was last year. That was a year ago. And I've, I probably cross-contaminated myself. But I didn't get sick, thank God. But still, it's like those little things like that you just like don't know exist in a kitchen. Because I mean, I even worked in food service. And I worked at a burger joint. And I never heard of that before. But I guess they're really common. So like, it's all about learning those like little nuances that you didn't know existed, and you're only gonna learn those through experiences of trial and error and getting sick at times. So if you're six months out or you're a year out from your diagnosis, try to be easy on yourself. You're not gonna feel better right away because first, you're probably, even though you think you're 100% gluten-free and you're not having any cross-contamination, there could be sources of cross-contamination that you're not aware of, and one way to track that is through your celiac blood panels. So even at seven years in, I still go back to the doctor and get my blood levels checked. I haven't in a year and I should go back. Um, I almost have PTSD of going back to the doctors just because I have so many bad experiences, but that doesn't delay from the fact that I need to get my celiac blood levels checked to make sure my numbers are still within the range that they should be. So when you get your celiac blood levels checked and if they are in the range that they should be and they will provide that range to you, that means that you haven't been cross-contaminating yourself and that you are in celiac remission, um, meaning that you've been cross-contamination-free and you've been on the gluten-free diet as you should be. If you get your blood levels checked and they're higher than they were at your previous appointment, it usually means that you're experiencing cross-contamination, whether that's eating out, whether you're eating a product that says it's gluten-free and it's not gluten-free, which I remember recommend purchasing um, a NEMA partner sensor to make sure that everything that says it's gluten-free is actually gluten-free, which is a gluten detection sensor. Um, if you'd like to check it out, I do have a link in my Instagram and TikTok bio for it. I think it is currently out of stock. Um, this the starter pack, which comes with the sensor and the capsules um, right now, but the sensor I know is still for sale. So hopefully that will be back in stock soon. You can check it out at nemapartners.com, but basically it allows you to check your food for hidden sources of gluten or just gluten in general. Um, so if those numbers are increasing every time you go back and get your blood levels checked, it means there's something within your diet that's being cross-contaminated. If you're going back and those levels are constantly decreasing, it means that you're headed in the right direction and that you're removing cross-contamination and that you've been on an amazing gluten-free diet. So if you keep getting your blood levels checked, and you're not feeling the best, but those numbers are coming down, it means you're still headed in the right direction. Again, you just have to remember that healing a body after eating, like for, for an example myself, after eating 18 years of gluten, it took me three years to get my blood levels down to the normal levels. I remember when I got tested for celiac disease, the doctor came in the room and he was like, yeah, you definitely have it most likely, like your blood levels are off the freaking charge. I was like, oh, great. And like I just said, it took me about three years to gain those, gain control of my um, levels again. And even at the three year mark, I did not feel like myself again, but that was because of something that we're also gonna talk about is I had another autoimmune disease as well as IBS. So kind of concluding what we've talked about so far, 
if you are eating gluten-free and you have been eating gluten-free and you're not feeling better, it's one important to know that it takes time to heal. And looking at your celiac blood levels and your markers is a really important aspect and tool that you can use to make sure that you're moving in the right direction in terms of cross-contamination and in terms of your gluten-free diet. Also a reminder to just be easy on yourself because it's all a learning experience. You're going to have to learn how to read labels. You're going to have to learn what a true gluten-free diet is. You're going to have to learn the sources of cross-contamination. And all of that is going to take like six months to a year. So maybe your full gluten-free diet won't be starting until you know six months or a year out. And that's when your full actual healing journey begins. So again, we have to be patient with ourselves. We have to remember that this is a new habit that we're developing and habits take time to fully develop and that this is all a learning experience. What I always like to say is take time to think about how long you ate gluten for. And then ask yourself, is it actually possible to heal your body in one year after eating gluten for 18 years? In my head, that doesn't logically make sense. I know it's gonna take more time than it does. So that's just something I always like to remind myself when I was like wondering why is this taking so long to heal and then I'm like well I did eat gluten for 18 years how can I expect my body to heal within one year so it's just constantly reminding yourself and being logical and um, just being patient now if you've ate gluten free for you know a year now and you're still not feeling good and you know that your numbers for celiac disease are coming down and you're like, there's no cross-contamination happening. I don't even go out to eat. There's no possibility of me getting cross-contaminated in restaurants because I get this message all the time. Like, what, what's going on? And the situation could be that there is something else happening. Um, it's very common for people who have celiac disease to have other autoimmune disease diseases. Um, when I had my event in Chicago, I met a bunch of different people, and I would ask everyone, like, so what are your diagnoses? And People would be like, I have celiac disease, I have endometriosis, I have PCOS, I have lupus, I have EOE, I have, the, the list was literally never ending, allergies, intolerances. It is just really common that when you have one autoimmune disease, your body just develops all sort of other health issues. And with myself, I originally got diagnosed with celiac disease. I don't know why that said, said that's so weird. Sometimes I talk too fast. I had celiac disease and later... Um, a year after I got diagnosed with celiac disease, I voiced my opinions to my doctor that I wasn't feeling good enough. He did kind of, him and doc, him and other nurses um, kind of looked at the situation and was like, eh, yeah, you should be feeling better, you're, you're sounding kind of crazy, like nothing's wrong. And I was like, I swear to God, there was something else wrong, like I shouldn't be feeling this sick. I kept advocating for myself and got diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And I won't give you the whole lowdown because I know I've said this on other podcasts, but I basically got diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Then I got diagnosed with E. coli and SIBO, then, which is small bacterial intestinal overgrowth. It's when you have an overgrowth of bad bacteria in your gut from taking so many antibiotics and stuff like that. Um, so I got diagnosed with all of that. And then I went to a specialist in New York City. They undiagnosed me with Crohn's disease because my Crohn's disease inflammation was in my terminal ileum, which is where Crohn's disease inflammation lives. But it was so minimal that they were like, this isn't full-blown Crohn's disease, like this could be from your celiac. Which kind of confused me because I was like, okay, celiac disease is in your upper GI, your small intestine, and this was in my large intestine. So anyways, I got re-diagnosed with Crohn's disease in 2021, and then I got diagnosed with IBS in 2022. So it's been a health journey, but once I was finally to 
get all of my diagnoses and f figure out like holistically what my food triggers were and how I had to move my body in order to feel good and what things were bothering me in my life, like in stress situations. Like I was really stressed out with my first nine to five job and relationships were stressing me out. So I started to move into yoga to help resolve all of that stress. And once I figured out these different trigger points in my life, and different things that I could do to help holistically heal from all of that, I was able to gain control of my symptoms, and I realized that it wasn't the gluten-free diet that was causing me pain. It was other diseases and other diagnoses that were unresolved. And one thing that people may not understand if they don't have more than one autoimmune disease or maybe they just have celiac disease is that when you have celiac disease and IBS and Crohn's disease, and I'm going to lay it out here, I am not a medical expert, I am speaking in all of this based on my experiences, and I know my body, and I know how I feel when I go into flare-ups, so this is from personal experience, when I consume gluten, it flares up my Crohn's disease and my IBS, when I have a Crohn's flare, it flares up my symptoms for my celiac and my IBS, not that I didn't consume gluten, but all of my symptoms are interconnected, in the beginning of my diagnosis, I was never able to tell the difference between a celiac flare-up versus an IBS flare-up versus a Crohn's flare-up because you can't distinct the symptoms from all of them. Because when your body goes into chronic inflammation, it's just arising all these symptoms that are correlated to inflammation. It's not like, obviously when I have a, a gluten flare-up, I know I know now that I will get severely, like I'll vomit and I'll baby barf. But when I was going through my beginning diagnoses, when I would have an IBS flare, I would start to baby barf. So it was like so confusing trying to figure out like what symptoms were connected to each diagnosis. And now I've been able to figure it out because I've gone through periods of no inflammation. So when one flares, it's easier for me to kind of pinpoint like, oh, I ate gluten. I know that these are the symptoms correlated to that disease because my IBS and Crohn's are not flaring anymore. So as you go through your diagnosis and if you get diagnosed with other autoimmune diseases, you'll be able to distinctively tell what those symptoms are as you heal your body. But in the beginning, it is so difficult. And I, I remember when I first started my Instagram and TikTok, people would ask me, like, what are your symptoms for your Crohn's disease? Or what are your IBS symptoms? And I would be like, I literally have no clue. <laughs> like, I knew with Crohn's like and IBS, loose bowel movements. But I couldn't tell if the bloating was coming from Crohn's disease too or if the, Crohn, or the bloating was coming from IBS or if the bloating was coming from celiac, like I had, I had no idea, or what was the burping coming from? Was it the celiac? Was it IBS? Like, because all of the symptoms for the di all of these diagnoses were just so similar. So just know that it can be difficult, and, and all of these symptoms can make it really difficult to determine, like, what a next diagnosis could be, because, again, they are so similar in so many so many autoimmune diseases and so many different intolerances and allergies has such have such similar symptoms that it can take a while to determine like, okay, this is what's going on now. So again, it's another game of being patient and really advocating for yourself and really voicing your opinions on what exact symptoms you are feeling. And I always kind of say to stick clear of googling and researching things on your own just because there's so much misinformation on the internet and I just think it's really important to voice your symptoms to your doctors because they are educated in a lot of these diagnoses and with 
you know, giving diagnoses out. So obviously, you know, you can do some minor research, but like I wouldn't go digging for a disease that you have because it just can be tricky. Like you don't want to freak yourself out and give yourself more anxiety. Um, but be very boisterous of what your symptoms are and let the doctors do the work. That's what you're paying them to do. And it, don't stress yourself out thinking that you have X, Y, and Z because again, so many diagnoses have the same symptoms. Like, and you don't want to freak yourself out that you have something like terribly wrong when that might not be the case. And I only say that because I've seen people do it before and then they realize that they didn't have that at all and they like freak themselves out for months and months thinking they had some terrible disorder and it's just, it's just not a healthy thing for your mental health. So my tips, if you have been eating gluten-free and you're not feeling better and maybe you're like, there is no other diagnosis, look back at your foods you're eating. Could you possibly be cross-contaminating yourself by eating out? Be more careful. Maybe stick to only certified gluten-free items and dedicated gluten-free restaurants. Or if you're going out to dinner, ask more questions. You can always Google questions online, like things to ask when you eat out with celiac disease. There are so many bloggers that write a bunch of questions that you can ask um, when you're ordering certain items. So bring those questions with you. If you're dealing with a lot of uncomfortable stomach pain, again, I think I mentioned this um, before work on a belly massage, one that I find helps me. I went to pelvic floor therapy for a while because um, I realized that pain in your pelvic floor can be related to having an autoimmune disease, which I never experienced before, and I was having really painful, I'm going to be a little TMI, so if you don't want to hear this, like, keep going, but I was having, like, painful sex and t- pam- painful times having put tampons in and stuff like that. Um, so I went to a pelvic floor therapist and she gave me this belly massage to do to help with like bloating and stuff like that because she knew I was dealing with that as well. And so basically you're going to put your hand, your bottom right abdomen, you're going to pull up to right below your ribs, and then you're going to go over to the left side of your abdomen and or your rib cage, the bottom of your rib cage, and then you're going to push down um, and that's going over right over your large intestine and that will help move any gas and move help move your bowels and I like to do that in the morning I just put a little body oil on my belly and then after I do that I put peppermint oil on and peppermint is great to help soothe bloating and if you're dealing with nausea ginger tea is great for that turmeric tea is great for inflammation so those are some things that I recommend tea is so healing Like, it's different from coffee. Like, coffee you drink for caffeine purposes. Tea, you can do the same. But tea is more really for, like, herbal healing, I think. Um, And then whole foods. Like, whole foods are your best friend. And I will always preach the basics of nutrition, which is that you are what you eat. And nutrition doesn't have to be difficult. And I think the marketing world has turned fitness and health and the health and wellness industry into this, like, crazy marketing scheme that makes so much money off of labeling products gluten-free and keto and paleo and like make you think you have to try all these crazy diets to have the perfect diet but the perfect diet is literally just eating what people ate like hundreds of years ago which was a protein a natural carb and a vegetable like that's that's it's literally it can be that simple like chicken broccoli potato like that's I'm, I'm, I will always testify that those type of meals make my body feel so much better than processed food. So take a look at your diet. You are what you eat. If you eat processed foods with high inflammation, um, high inflammatory ingredients, you're going to feel that inflammation in your body and you're going to hold that inflammation in your body. 
if you eat natural foods from the ground that have sources of nutrients and minerals, you will feel the benefits of those. So I always preach a whole foods diet. Again, I'm not a nutritionist, so always, you know, do what feels best for your body. But I, I preach that because that was like one of the only ways I was able to get rid of all of my symptoms. And lastly, look at how you're moving your body. Do you exercise every day? Do you like exercise meaning even just walk? Like, do you move your body? Are you staying stagnant all day? I remember when I first started my nine to five, I would sit at a computer for eight hours a day and it's the worst I've ever felt in my entire life. Also the sickest I've been in my entire life. I'm a pretty active person and previous to my nine to five, I was a store manager. So I was on my feet 40 hours a week. And then when I started nine to five, it was just not, I couldn't do that. It was just not healthy for my diet or my, for my body. It wasn't healthy for my body. It wasn't healthy for my lifestyle and something I could no longer move forward with. So evaluate your lifestyle your movement patterns and what's your stress looking like in your life are you in a toxic relationship do you have relationships with friends that are toxic do you have family that stresses you out do you take time to meditate and make sure you're taking care of yourself and you're working on self-love and self-care and making sure that you're having time to breathe for you all of that is super important stress is a huge cause of gut issues um and stress is also a huge cause of anxiety and depression so all of these things are interconnected and it's super important that you look into all aspects of your life when you go back to the question of why am i still feeling sick because it's not always on the food itself it's sometimes on other environmental factors that you do have control over if you guys want to see more like daily videos of how i take care of myself and different recipes that i make be sure to follow me on instagram at eat gluten free with me and on tiktok at eat gluten free with me as always thank you so much for supporting my podcast and it would mean the world to me if you could write a review on your thoughts um and leave a rating and as always if you have any specific things that you want me to talk about on my podcast please be sure to send me a dm i'd love to discuss what everything you want to hear so i love you all and i will chat with you soon toodles